0: Part of that mission, and one of the little phrases that we've often used is we connect, empower, and go. Connect, empower, go. That's our kind of uh, whatever it's called thing. Um, so we're talking about that this morning, and what is is, I've got lots and lots of scriptures, and I'm going to be running through those nice and quickly. But we will print this up, and we will put it on the website so you can all see. Um, bit more detail of where and what i'm talking about this morning you can also listen along on the podcast um if you're if you're not sure if i've gone too quick for you there so our vision this is our vision statement it says we see god's people empowered by the holy spirit taking the good news of jesus christ to our city our region and the ends of the earth i spoke recently about covenant uh, spoke about the kingdom of God and what it means to have a right standing God, what it means to be connected to him, what it means that God introduced himself as father. And Jesus Christ came to reveal the heart of God. And we see God through the Old Testament. We see the Father. We see the Holy Spirit. And we see the work of the Son pre-incarnated through the Old Testament. And the scholars of Christ's day were waiting for the Messiah. There was an expectation that something was going to happen. And uh, John the Baptist, we know he came and he foretold what Jesus would do, uh, John was probably one of the greatest prophets there, John the Baptizer. And he is making way for Christ. He's opening the door for him. He's saying, Christ is coming. The Messiah is coming. And what a lot of people thought that Christ was coming, he would deal with the Romans and he would liberate the people physically from oppression. And yes, he did liberate people from oppression and he did do that. But he does that by beginning to preach. And he preached the same thing that John the preached about what was to repent and call people into the kingdom of God to be part of God's people. That's really point number one, is what was Jesus doing in baptizing people? What was Jesus doing in preaching and teaching? And what are we doing as God's people, empowered by the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, is at working in us, that we can take the good news of God's kingdom that he is our Father and he loves us and he wants us to be connected with him. This is our vision. Not only for this to be for ourselves, but to take this good news to the world that so desperately needs to hear it. What did Jesus do? He went around teaching, preaching, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. What did he do? He took time for people. He was on a mission. He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to preach the kingdom of God. He came to reveal who God was to a a nation, a people that was so desperate to hear. And liberation, that freedom from oppression is Really heart to Jesus' motivation is radical sermons, calling people out of their old ways of thinking. That's repentance, isn't it? Out of your old way of thinking. And he taught us to pray. He taught us about the promise of the same Holy Spirit. One of his first sermons, which almost got him kicked out of town, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Because the Spirit has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, You know, how we deal with people who are oppressed and poor and struggling speaks volumes of who we are as people. Jesus, this was his message and he's preaching from Isaiah. We know that, don't we? Good news to the poor. Good news is that you don't have to be poor anymore. That's the best news that a poor someone could hear he sent me to proclaim release to the captives to recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the lord's favor this is the year of jubilee this is the year that god's favor is shining upon you and he sat down and he said today this is fulfilled And they got all upset and angry with him. But uh, that wasn't his time. So he had two or three years of ministry that we know about. He became quite popular. He was uh, on Palm Sunday, we call it, where he processed into Jerusalem. And everyone's expecting this is the king of the Jews. This is the king that's going to take us out of the oppression of the Romans. It's triumphant entry that we see. But it doesn't happen. But it doesn't happen and he dies and some people think that's it, but it's not because he rises from the dead and he gives his Holy Spirit to his followers and he says, listen, I need you guys to carry on the same message that I've done, but take this to everybody. And one of the great commissions in John chapter 20 verse 21, Jesus is with his disciples post-resurrection and he says, Peace be with you, just as the Father sent me. With the same implications and message that I have, so I send you. And he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you forgive the sins of others, they're forgiven. I tell you, that is an amazing commission. Because he goes on to say, if you retain the sins, they are retained. John 20, 21 to 23. And our vision is to take what Jesus has taught... As his people, empowered by his holy Spirit, that same good news of liberation and freedom that 's our mission that 's our, that's our vision, our mission, very similar, to connect people with that God with god 's kingdom through a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and to see people release, release to see people reach their full potential. Whatever it is that's holding you back, I know through Jesus Christ, he has set you free. He has set you free. And who the Son sets free is? Free indeed. You see, our fellowship is with the Father. Our connection is with him. And when you come to a church like this, you know, you can be connected with people because you like the same sports team. Or you like playing golf. Or you enjoy drinking coffee and eating cake. That could be a good connection. But actually, what it is that connects us is that we're part of God's family. We're part of God's kingdom. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're joined. We're connected. And this is our mission, is to connect others, because it's not just a holy huddle little thing just for us. When a church only looks inwards, it becomes very isolated from the world. They begin to use their own kind of language and no one else on the world, in the world understands what's going on. But we always need to be outward looking, that we're looking to bring others into personal relationship with God. If it's true that God has changed and transformed our lives through the good news, we ought to be sharing this good news with everybody we ever see. You know, this week I'm sitting in the jacuzzi, you know, at the gym. I should have been in the gym doing workout, but I'm sitting in the jacuzzi and I'm just telling people about Jesus. Just witnessing to them and saying, look, God, is I'm going to pray for you. And it just, you know, overflows everywhere you are. You need to just be out there. Anyway, connecting people with God's kingdom through the personal relationship with Jesus Christ, because there is a potential within everyone. You see that within your children, don't you? And it's disappointing when you see those who have such a potential and gifting, but they're not using them. And I wonder if God looks at us, us sometimes, and maybe he's not disappointed, maybe that's the wrong word, but he's looking saying, I've given you my Holy Spirit, and you're praying and you're asking me to do this, but I've done it already and I've placed it within you and I've empowered you to do this. Stop asking me to do things I've told you to do. Stop asking me to do things that I've already done for you. You know, we can pray, God, forgive my sins. And he's like, yeah, I've done that through Christ. Oh, God, can you witness to my neighbor? Can you, t- you know, can you bring my neighbor to Christ? And God's like, no, I've told you to do that. Get out there and do it. Anyway, I love in 1 John 1, 3, it says this, we declare what we have seen and what we have heard. I tell you, there's nothing more powerful than your testimony. What has God done for you? that you can share with someone else. And if you can't think of anything, then you need to ask God to do something for you that you may share to someone else. Man, he's forgiven your sins. I don't know what else he more he can do for that. He's declared you righteous. Anyway, I'm getting to those in a minute. We declare what we have seen and what we've heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. You see, the point of our connection, the apostles saying here, let me tell you, about what I know, what I've seen, what I've heard, then we can connect. And we can truly connect, he goes on to say, because our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. It's not that we like the same sports team. It's not that we are jacuzzi buddies or gym buddies. Jacuzzi buddies, that doesn't sound right, does it? It's not that that connects us. What connects us is that we have fellowship with the Father. Therefore, we have fellowship with one another. And it's not that we're same. We're not the same. But we have the same Father. We have the same family. I tell you, my children don't always get on with each other. The brothers and sisters, you know, when you have children, they don't always best buddies, but they're stuck, aren't they? Because, (laughs) hey, brothers and sisters, what are you going to do? You can't choose your family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And I remember Liberty saying one time, "Oh, how annoying Judah was. It's like the boy is just winding me up, and she can get annoyed with him at times. but if anyone picks on him or anyone says anything about him, oh my word she is like that's it that's that's my brother. Don't you talk about him like that? You see the heart connection there, how we're part of God's family, you know, and we fight for each other, we fight for that unity. Okay, we might not always see eye to eye on everything, but we're brothers, we're sisters, we're connected. You can see how God's kingdom is working in us to connect people with God's kingdom through personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And because they're our brothers and sisters, we want them to be the best that they can be. As adopted children, the Spirit of God begins to reveal who the Father is to us. He predestined us, it says in Ephesians 1 verse 5, destined us for adoption as his children through his good pleasure, the good pleasure of his will. And because you are God's children, Galatians 4 verse 6 says, he sends his Holy Spirit into your heart that you might cry, Abba, Father. It's a revelation of what it means to be part of the kingdom here and now. You know, Christianity isn't just about saying a prayer, getting a ticket to heaven. Although I do know when we die, we're with Jesus. Settle that one. We're with Jesus. Whatever you believe about heaven and hell, if you're connected as part of his kingdom, you are with him. Jesus preached that. Paul preached that. John preached that. They all, Peter, they all preached that. And they all believed that. But we have purpose in the here and the now. This is our mission We have a mission here and now, which means we need to begin to connect others. We need to be connected ourselves, don't we, through our relationship with Jesus Christ, that we know that he's our Heavenly Father. Okay, I'm going to stop on that one. I could preach all day on just that one. What are some of our core values? Core value number one is there's good news. And that good news is that we are saved By grace, through faith. Yet it's not something that we have done. I love in 1 Peter 1 verse 3 to 5, he talks about a new birth. He says, we have been given such great mercy. We have been given a new birth. We have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You know, core value number one is that Jesus rose from the dead. That salvation is ours through faith and faith alone. He goes on to say, we have an inheritance. It's imperishable, undefiled, unfading. It's kept in heaven for us. And we're being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You know, there is salvation for us. Number two core value is our right standing with God. The basis of our acceptance with God is not our own effort. Galatians 2.16 says, We know a person is not justified by their works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. The reason God accepts us and welcomes us in and, and treats us just like he treats Jesus Christ, that's what it means to be right with God, is to have that same relationship with God that Jesus has. When God sees us, he sees Jesus Christ. And it's by not by our own efforts, but it is by faith in him. Faith is the way in and it's the way we stay in. And I talked about this in the last couple of weeks. Next core value is Christ. He is our king. If you're in a kingdom, then there's a king. There's someone who we show allegiance to. And that king is coming back. He is coming back. We need to keep that in our focus that when we die, that is not the end. That's not the end. But there is a king who's returning for us. Praise God. And that those who know this, they have their hope. Thessalonians says it like this. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13, we'll jump in. Brothers and sisters, about those who have died. He says, let me tell you about those who have died. So you don't grieve in the same way that those with no hope grieve over the loss of people. He says, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus Christ God will bring those to him who have died. For we declare this to you by the word of God, even those who are alive, and when the Lord is returning, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry and a command, with the archangel's call and the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven. The dead will rise. The dead in Christ will rise first and those who are alive who are left will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet them with the Lord in the air. So we will be with the Lord forever. You know, we need to know that hope, the hope of resurrection, that this here and now isn't everything. It isn't, there is more to come. Next, Corvalium. The Holy Spirit helps us To live the life of faith, hope and love through obedience to God's word. This is a core value that we have. That we have the Holy Spirit's help to live the life he's called us to live. A life of faithfulness. A life of love for one another. He says, because you've been loved so much that you love in return. Because you've been forgiven so much, you forgive in return. And and 2 Timothy 1 verse 13, it says, Hold to the standard of sound teaching that you've heard from me. The faith, the love that you have from Christ Jesus. Hold on to that. You know, when you hear sound teaching, when we hear God's word, that brings faith to our lives. And we can stand secure on God's word. We can stand steady on what he has taught us. And he then goes on to say, guard the good treasure that's been entrusted to you. Treasure the word of God for your life. Treasure the words of Christ. And Christ said, even though you forget the words that I speak, the Holy Spirit will help you. Will remind you of the things that I've said. And know that the Holy Spirit is to help you. He says, guard the good treasure entrusted to you with the the help of the Holy Spirit that is living in us. You know, the Holy Spirit is here in your life and he's here to stay. He doesn't come and go. He doesn't come for a short time and then go. No, the Holy Spirit is living within you. It's not that you visit the temple to see the Spirit of God, to see God. No, you are the temple, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He's in you and he's helping you i tell you one of the most anointed, bestest prayers you could ever pray is, Holy Spirit, help me. I need you. I need your help. And that's only because sometimes, even though he's in us, sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we're not conscious of God in us. I said, let us be conscious, ever conscious of what God is doing in us. Another core value is gathering together. Hebrews 10 says, do not forsake the gathering together as some have done, but count these gatherings as important. And I would say in worship, in celebration, in study, in prayer, come together in that. Let's read that anyway, uh, Hebrews 10 verse 22. As we gather together, he says, let us approach with a true heart, full assurance of faith that our hearts have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who is promised is faithful. Let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. I tell you, you ever been provoked? Have you ever been stirred up? Have you ever got to the point where you're like, I'm so angry about this? That's not the kind of provoking we need to do to one another. But you ever been provoked that I'm going to love this person, whatever. That's the kind of provoking that we need. That's the kind of stirring of our hearts that we need for one another. Do you feel it? Do you feel provoked this morning? Can I provoke you to love? Can I stir you up to do good deeds? Can I stir you up? Can I provoke you to not neglect the meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching? Next core value is discipleship. I believe that we are called to disciple one another. That word disciple has its roots in the word discipline, doesn't it? And, and the core value I've written here is disciple and encouragement through our friendship, through connecting with one another. 1 Corinthians, verse, uh, 1, Corinthians 1 verse 4 says this, The grace of God that's been given to you in Christ... Do you know there's a grace upon you? Do you know when you meet your fellow believers or even if you meet anybody, understand that there is a grace and empowerment in you that comes from Jesus Christ. And even if you're just having a cup of tea or you're just meeting them in the street, you could just say, hey. Let me share some grace that I have with you. Let me just pray for you. And pray for them right there and then. I was talking to someone this week and, in, and they offered to pray for somebody and it wasn't the person thought, oh, you're going to go home and you're going to pray for me. That's what they thought. They said, no, we're going to pray for you right now and pray for them. Do it. Shock them. It'll be great. The grace of God has been given to you for in every way that you have been enriched in him, in your speech, in your knowledge, knowledge of every kind, and just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened in you. What is the testimony of Jesus Christ? What was his life about? What was his witness? What was his purpose? What was his mission? What was his goals? What was his values? The same values that is in him is in us. So that you're not lacking in any spiritual gift. As you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that you have it within you to encourage, to disciple, and to challenge others. Believe you have this gift in you. He will also strengthen you right to the very end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, because God is faithful. By him you are called into fellowship with his Son. Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I appeal to you brothers and sisters by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all be in agreement that there's no division among you but you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. You know Paul was dealing with some issues in Corinth. You look at the whole letter and he's, he's trying to establish it right there in the first chapter and appealing to them, listen, let there be no divisions amongst you. Let there be unity amongst you. Let the spiritual gifts flow within you. I tell you, it's hard to argue with somebody when you, want, when you love them and when you are praying for them. It's hard to fall out with someone when your heart is so full of love towards them. Fill your heart with love. Next core value. We have a great commission to go and preach this good news. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have a commission. Jesus came to them, Matthew 28, verse 18. And he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. What we gave away right there in the beginning with Adam and Eve, we gave that away. And Christ, after his resurrection, says, listen, I have defeated death and hell. I have defeated those things that held you back. I have liberated you. Now I have authority. Not I have authority. I have all authority in both heaven and earth and I give it to you. If we could only grasp a little bit of what it means to have that kind of authority, I think the way that we dealt with things would change. If we could only understand the authority that Christ has, the name above every name, his name every knee will bow and every tongue confess. All authority in, in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I have this authority and I'm giving it to you. Isn't that a good example for those in authority and leadership to empower those around them? Authority is, is meant to be shared. It's not meant to be lorded over one another. It's meant that we can empower you. And if I'm leading a small group and I'm you know, teaching or I'm standing up here, my purpose, my point isn't that to exercise my authority. My point is to give the authority and power to you to say, You have it. You can do this. You can talk to God. You are empowered by the Holy Spirit. I really could preach on every one of these. Make disciples of all nations. Nations, that means people people groups. Any kind of people group. Any kind of group identity that you might be looking at. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. If you're feeling like Christ isn't there and Christ doesn't care, it's not true. He says, I'm with you. I'm with you. Even more so as you go. Maybe we only feel the power of God when we begin to speak. Jesus felt the power of God go out of him when someone connected with him. When someone touched him and he said, who touched my clothes? And they're all like, everybody's touching you. What's going on? He says, no, there was a touch of faith, there was a connection, and I felt the power of God. I tell you, if you're not feeling the power of God in your life, start connecting with others and start bringing them the good news. Connect with faith and you'll see. Open your mouth and allow God to speak through you. You know, the early church, we read in Acts chapter 2, what did it mean for them to obey the commission of Jesus Christ? We'll pick it up in... Acts 2, verse 41. So those who welcomed his message, that's Peter on the day of Pentecost. Those who welcomed were baptized. That baptism, it's a really important thing to be baptized. Because it's all about getting rid of the old and coming into the new. They heard the message. They were baptized and about 3,000 persons were added to the church. What did they do? After they were baptized, number one, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Devoted, that means they're committed. Are you committed to fellowship with one another? I think that's part of being a church is I'm committed to you. You're hurting, I'm hurting. You're laughing, we'll laugh together. You're crying, we'll cry together it's not that you're just attending a service or you're visiting a church you can see there's a there's a purpose here there's a real purpose to what we're doing i can really see that they devoted themselves to teaching to fellowship to breaking of bread that's not just the lord that's not just the lord's communion or the the supper that's that's eating together if you've got to eat lunch why not invite someone to eat with you simple How about that? Make an extra place. Devoted to breaking brothers and to prayer. Let's never devalue prayer. Corporate prayer, personal prayer. It's just talking and fellowshipping with God at the simplest level, isn't it? And I taught on that last week. So awe came upon everybody because of many wonders and signs that were being done by the apostles. I tell you, when the body of Christ come together things happen. Things happen. When brothers, sisters dwell in unity, God's presence is there. I tell you, unity is more than just about us getting along. It's about allowing the presence of God to flow amongst us. All who were believed were gathered together and they had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had the need. I tell you, meeting the needs of others. I should have put that as a core value by itself. How can we meet the needs of others? Sometimes that is just having your eyes open to people around you. Now, maybe people in this country aren't in so much financial need But there's a lot of spiritual needs out there. A lot of voids, a lot of mental health, a lot of addictions. There's a lot going on in people's lives that we can't see. And maybe if God would open our eyes that we could begin to see and meet those needs. And if you see something, it probably means that God's asking you to pray into it and help. Lord, open our eyes. Day by day, they spent much time together. Isn't that the secret? Spend as much time together in the temple. They broke bread at their homes. They ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. Which brings us on to our connect and our empower and our go. What does it mean to connect? I've talked about that quite a bit. But it's people from all backgrounds everywhere, anyone, connecting with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Members of Lighthouse, we don't have the official signing on membership. And I've been asked about that a few times and what it means and to, to have that kind of membership. And I know churches that do and that's okay. We don't have the membership signing bit of paper. But what we do have is that we know we belong. And I say, if you know that this is your home church, you know you belong. And sometimes that begins with believing and belonging and becoming. And, you know, maybe that's a process that we can do. But you belong here. What does that mean? To join with us with your heart and mind. And we have our small groups that run during the week for fellowship and discipleship. The idea of gathering together to discuss, to pray together, to connect with people And maybe that is just a couple of you going out for coffee. But as you're going out for coffee, do you know you're meeting as church? Do you ever think about it like that? Hey, let's go to Nero's and maybe we can pray together afterwards. That's church. And maybe two or three over a coffee table. Maybe six to eight over a dining table. Eating together. Maybe that's a small group and have a meal together and discuss scripture. That'd be an idea, wouldn't it? And then the whole church gathering together is more like a banqueting table. Look for a point of connection. Look for a point of connection. What can you do to be part of what's going on? Maybe you're not in a small group and maybe you think that's okay and uh, and you're, you're busy, I understand that. But part of it, is being willing to put yourself out there and take an hour, two hours a week. Maybe it will start there and say, what can I do to connect with the believers? You know, if the church on the Sunday morning is your only connection, it can can leave you a little bit dry. Well, we want to turn the church upside down and say, what we're trying to do here is connect with people. Maybe that begins in the twos and threes, and maybe that begins over the six to eights in the small groups. I could go on, but I think you've heard. Empowering. The next section is connect, empower, and go. And empowering is all about becoming all you're supposed to be, becoming all that God has for you. And we believe the Holy Spirit is here to help you, to connect you for every good work. That you are being transformed and changed by the Word of God. And maybe you can join a a small group and that's the way you can be empowered. Maybe you can become part of the team serving on a Sunday morning. And it's then not just turning up for a service, but it's then I'm here because I have a gift to share and I have a gift to give. Join us. Get involved somehow. And I think part of empowering is prayer, having those times of prayer. I encourage you, have those times of prayer. Have the time of worship at home. Have a time of reading your Bible every day. These are the things that will help us in our spiritual growth. And when we're faced with difficult circumstances, we already have within us built up some spiritual strength. Don't wait until everything goes wrong before you say, ah, now I need to be empowered. No, think about recharging your spiritual batteries on a daily basis. Personal prayer, corporate prayer, they're all keys to our spiritual growth. And go, maybe take initiative. What does it mean to go? It doesn't necessarily mean go to the ends of the earth and become a missionary to some foreign land, although if you'd like to do that, we can do that. We'll work with you to do that. would love to see you do that. There's places in the world that so need to hear the good news of God. Take that initiative to be part of that. Be that witness to your neighbors, to your friends. Be that locally and to the nations. Why not take the initiative and start a small group? Start to disciple others. Invite your friends to become part of the church. Allow God to begin to use the gifts that he's given you for his service. That's connect, empower, and go. And I'm just going to close um, with a little bit about Lighthouse and what we do and and what the stages are of connecting, empowering, and going, what we have. So. Number one, we have groups throughout the week where we're reaching out into our community. They're not overly Christian, but they are based here and there are people that will pray for them if they ask. So these are friendship building, reaching out, things like our parent and toddler group, things like our social club, things like our lunch club and our drop-in and all those things we have during the week, even the Love Ely pop-up shop. We're seeing people come in and they are, we're meeting the needs of the community but it's also we're connecting with people. So That's number one group. Number two is where we invite someone to maybe a divorce recovery or a, a parenting course or a marriage course, something that is more specific but has a Christian element to it, but it's specific in the sense of its meeting and need that's out there. Number three might be an Alpha course or Christianity Explored. We're doing an Alpha course after Easter um, but this is an opportunity to ask questions, to explore. it specifically for new believers and people that are maybe even not believers, but I've got questions to ask. That's our number three. Number four might be the small group Bible study. Might be those who already have faith, but they want to go a bit deeper and they, they want they, they want 've got questions and they already believe, but they they have something to share that 's our small group Bible studies our twos and threes and then of course, we have our Sunday morning services. Um, And we have our evening prayer meetings and our profusion and all these other things. And we're teaching on prayer. We've got teaching on prayer coming up also after Easter. Um, These things are an opportunity to come together, to worship, to celebrate, to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us as a church. That's the five stages that we have um, within the church. And that is how we are going about doing what God has called us to do. That's how we are enacting our vision, our mission and our core values. Amen? Amen. I hope that helps. Let's just stand and we're going to pray and uh, collect your children and we're going to finish with a final song. Stand together. Maybe close your eyes for a moment. And ask the Holy Spirit, how can I connect? How can I get empowered? And how can I go and be released in all that God has for me? How can I be part of the, mission, the vision, the mission? Lord Jesus, I want to continue what you started. Right there, you came to preach and teach. And you came to liberate and set people free. And I want to be that part of that work. I want to call those to be part of God's kingdom. I want to set people free from the oppression. Help me, Lord, to be part of this. This is not just a lighthouse vision. This is a kingdom of God vision. And I want to be part of your kingdom. I want to be part of your church. I want to be part of what you're doing here in Ely and on the earth. All around the earth, empower us by your Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us, help us to connect with you. Empower us and release us. I just want to say there's, as people here, maybe more than one, where you know the Lord has really gifted you it could be a practical gift of hospitality, it could be a a spiritual gift, and the Lord wants to use you, but you need to submit that gift to him. Jesus told a story of uh, the wealthy owner that, that, that left talents with three of his stewards, One he gave five, and one he gave two, and one he gave one.
1: And then he went away
0: and he left them to multiply what he'd given them. And five multiplied into ten, and two into four. And the one who had one, he just buried it. He just buried it. Thinking how harsh the master was. Maybe it's time to stop burying your talents and gifts that God has given you. That's just a thought. Help us, Holy Spirit. Help us release our full potential.